Good morning. Just before I, I'll start, I'll let you know that um, Deb and Cam Lucier, one of our RCMP families, had to rush down to Winnipeg early this week because Cam's dad was failing in health and uh, Ray Lucier, Cam's dad, passed away this morning. So be thinking of Deb and Cam um, and the rest of the family as well. Um, Let's start with our text from Isaiah. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 to 4. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged until he establishes justice on earth. In his law the islands will put their hope. Father God, teach us from your word, we pray. Amen. That's not fair. If you observe any gathering of children, within five minutes you're going to hear someone, somewhere, shout, that's not fair. Doesn't matter if it's a Sunday school class, a soccer team, or a singing club. There's always one kid or two who feels as though justice is not being done at that moment. Now what triggers the utterance of these words? Well, perhaps there's four children that are hungry for a snack. Three of them get granola bars and eagerly tear into them. But then the granola bars run out and the fourth kid doesn't get any. That's not fair. But then mom finds a chocolate bar to give to the fourth child. Now the other three look at their measly granola bars and holler, that's not fair. So mom, frustrated with the whining, sends all four outside to play. And now all of them are hollering, that's not fair. Because they want to stay inside and watch TV and play the video games. We hear that's not fair the first time. Because one child is not getting what the others got. We can call this unequal treatment and it always triggers a not fair. The second utterance comes from one child getting something better than the others. Even though the three were quite happy with the granola bars, once they see the fourth getting something better, they sense preferred treatment. And that'll get a not fair pretty quickly. And the third utterance comes from all parties being forced to do something they just don't want to do. We can call this coerced treatment, and it's a prime trigger of those dreaded words. That's not fair. The trouble is, all of the above is perfectly fair. Mom gave the kids the snacks she had, not meaning to leave one out, nothing unfair about that. And then she gave one something else, not to favor him, but just to make sure he got a snack. And finally, she's well within her rights to send them all outside to play. 
The children in all of these circumstances are working with a sense of justice that centers around themselves. And in doing so, cannot really see what justice is. And guess what? It doesn't get any better as they grow up. I've used children in this introduction, but this self-centered approach to justice is not the exception. It's the norm for any age group in any society. We all want justice, but we all start with what we want justice to be. And furthermore, we all consider ourselves to be fair or people who practice justice, but again, we start with what we perceive justice to be. So today I'll ask and try to answer two questions. What is justice? And how can we be just? When we speak of justice, what usually comes to mind? Judgment and punishment? Making sure that those who do wrong get what they deserve? Maybe fairness? Ensuring that everyone is treated equally and given equal opportunity. And maybe rightness, or more formally, righteousness. Simply doing the right thing because we know it's right, as opposed to wrong. All of these concepts go into the broader meaning of justice, but none of them suffice by themselves. We're probably tempted to start with getting what you deserve, judgment and punishment. This is the notion of justice that is most prevalent in our society. When we hear about justice on the news, it's usually in the context of some criminal who should get what he or she deserves. I know that I've seen justice in this light many times, and it can be a very powerful state of emotion. When we hear of a horrid crime, the desire for justice to be done can, ju can just be overwhelming. I remember vividly a crime that shocked BC several years ago. Mindy Tram, a beautiful little girl in Kelowna, was brutally murdered. When the news broke, I heard it on the radio while I was driving to school in Vancouver. I had to pull my car over and just vent my anger that somebody could do something that terrible. In my anger, I wanted justice. And that meant catching the killer and making sure he got what he deserved. But justice has to be more than getting what you deserve. Because if we leave it there, who then decides what we deserve? Who's the judge? If I had been given the opportunity to act on my sense of justice at the time, what would I have done? What would you do? I'll bet if we asked everyone here what should happen to that criminal, we'd get a variety of responses. Who's right? Would I be right? Would you be right? Who or what decides what justice is? That's the problem that arises if we look at justice as only getting what you deserve. Somebody or something has to work over and above individuals to determine what justice is or we're going to sink into everybody 
doing what is right in their own eyes. And that's exactly what the servant in our passage came to save us from. We can say that justice is equal treatment for all, or equality. It is certainly equal treatment that rests at the heart of one of the most profound calls for justice that has ever been spoken. I refer to the speech that Dr. Martin Luther King made in Washington back in 1963, which has been called, I Have a Dream. Dr. King's dream was for, was for freedom. The word appears over 20 times in the speech. But what is the crucial element of this freedom he sought for all people? It's justice, equal treatment for all. Listen to some of the quotes from the speech. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to open the doors of opportunity to all of God's children. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. We can never be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote for. No, we are not satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. That's from the prophet Amos in chapter 5. And then one more. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a desert state sweltering in the heat of injustice and oppression, will one day be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. No one will argue that equality is part of justice. But then again, as with judgment, more is needed. For what if equal treatment is equally bad treatment? Is that justice? Say a society establishes a law that says every couple can only have one child. And this rule is for everybody, regardless of any distinction they may carry. Race or wealth, role or status, nothing matters. One child per family. And the penalties for breaking this law are always the same for everyone. Forced abortion if the baby is not born, or infanticide if the baby is actually born. Does that make the law a just law? Of course not. Equal treatment or equality may be part of justice, but it is not all of what justice is. In both of the examples so far, a higher standard is needed. Judgment is important, but by which standard is judgment made? Equality is important, but then again, what standard? What rule will the equal treatment be given? Justice is judgment. It is also equality. 
but it is also righteousness, or doing that which is right. In the Bible, these two concepts are so closely intertwined that often the translators don't know which term to use, righteousness or justice, when it comes up. And who decided what was right in that society? God did. God will always be the ultimate determiner of what is right. And that is why only He can really establish justice in this world. This word, righteousness, is not a term that we use often, is it? And when we do, it's usually in the sense of, oh, what a self-righteous so-and-so, da-da-da-da-da. But to understand God's justice, true justice, we have to take righteousness, doing what is right, into account, or we leave justice hollow. Our passage from Isaiah this morning is one of the first times that the Messiah is written about in the Old Testament. Isaiah doesn't mention him by name, but most agree that the servant in verse 1 and onwards is indeed for calling the Messiah. When we read these verses, one thing stands out pretty quick. The servant, the Messiah, Jesus, is all about justice. Verse 1, he will bring justice to the nations. Verse 3, in faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. Verse 4, he will not falter or be discouraged until he establishes justice on earth. So in order to see what justice really is, we have to see what Christ brought when he came. The servant looked forward to in this passage was to bring judgment to a people who deserved it. Jesus, as the servant, goes one step past that. He came not only to ensure that everybody gets what they deserve, but also to take justice upon himself. Taking upon himself what he didn't deserve so that we could have a chance before God. He was to bring equality to a people who did not treat each other fairly. And what does the gospel do if not treat everybody, regardless of any sort of classification, equally under God? It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter what race you are or anything else. The gospel lets us know that we are all sinners who need saving. And the only way to that saving is through Jesus. And he was to do this rightly, according to God's law. He would bring justice to all. That's why the nations are referred to in verse 1. He will do this with God's Spirit on him meaning that God's power will work through him, that God's favor will be on him, and that what he does will be equivalent to God doing it himself. And he will do this in such a way that all will be given a chance to face justice without being wiped off the face of the earth. 
verses 2 and 3 how addressed how he'll bring justice in such a way that a bruised reed he will not break a smoldering wick he will not snuff out so often in society those who are weakest suffer the most at the hands of what we call justice the servant will make sure that even the weakest can have justice fairly that they will have a chance before it and the servant will not fail in bringing justice that is the point of verse 4 he will not falter he will not give up he will succeed in bringing justice to a world that so desperately needs it so what does this mean to us today it means that we are to be a people who strive to practice justice or to live justly listen to the words of the prophet micah in chapter 6 verse 8 he has shown you o man what is good and what does the lord require of you to act justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god to act justly means to give people what they deserve when it is our prerogative to do so that doesn't just mean punishment that means we give people what they deserve in a positive light we give the benefit of the doubt we give trust we give of ourselves to act justly means we strive to be people who treat everyone equally to act justly means to do what is right it's a huge calling one that's bigger than any of us should dare to take on by ourselves and that is why we must look to the servant the messiah jesus for help because he came to bring justice to all and to help those who take him seriously live as just people as well Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to come to grips with the importance of justice. Help us to make equality, fairness, righteousness part of our daily lives. You came to save us, to bring justice to all. Let us take that seriously as we seek to live for you. In your name we pray this Lord Jesus. Amen.